Morgan Stanley delivers record earnings. SpaceX lands a huge contract. Activision is a Dubai and some negative Boeing news. This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. And my, oh my, a bunch of craziness going on in the markets. The market making new all-time highs today with the Dow Jones up 177 points. Now making a new all-time high of 34,215. It continues to move to the upside. Now 34,256. This thing is moving heavily to the upside as it did last week, last Friday, going into the close. The NASDAQ also uh, nearly back to those highs. All the way up 14,051 is getting closer to those highs. It's now back to positive for the year. And then the S&P 500 making a new 52-week high of the day at 4,188 points. Meanwhile, the rest 2K still moving back to the upside. Uh, Just, you know, a little green today, up just 10 points. And the VIX, well, collapsing, continuing uh, all the way down to 16.38 points now. But let's get into the biggest headlines. Let's not focus on where the indexes are. Now, there are a lot of headlines to cover today, but by far the biggest one is Morgan Stanley and just Morgan Stanley in general. And it really comes down to um, there was a bunch of stuff with RTO's capital uh, that we're going to get into after the earnings. But first, I want to touch on earnings because everyone is focusing on this loss Morgan Stanley suffered from this RTO's capital collapse, Um, but they're not talking about the record-breaking earnings that Morgan Stanley delivered, and today, if you take a look at the stock, at least it reacted, yeah, it's still down. It's down 3.12% on record earnings, and once I go through these, I think you're going to be impressed. Now, digging into Morgan Stanley earnings for Q1 of 2021, there was a lot of good news in Q4. Morgan Stanley closed both acquisitions that they were working on of Eaton Vance Corp and E-Trade Financial Corporation. Good stuff there. I like the acquisition of E-Trade. And then digging into revenues, they delivered Q1 revenues of $15.7 billion. Now, that is significantly higher than the $9.8 billion that they delivered in the previous quarter. So if you take a look overall, that's huge year over year growth in revenues. That's nearly, you know, that's over $5 billion in revenues year over year. Um, So that's solid growth there. And then they delivered record net income as well, delivering $4.1 billion net income for Q1 2021. And that is much better than the $1.7 billion that they delivered uh, the same time last year. So they nearly on a year over year basis, they more than doubled their net income and they increased the revenues by over $5 billion. Remarkable numbers there. Um, in a st- In the statement from the CEO, James Gorman, he said, quote, the firm delivered record results. The integrated investment bank continues to thrive. We closed the acquisition of Eaton Vance, which takes investment management to over $1.4 trillion in assets. Wealth management brought in record flows of $105 billion. The firm is very well positioned for growth in the years ahead. Now, if we go segment by segment here, it gets even better, but we're going to focus on the overall company first. Now, they delivered a book value per share increase to $52.71 per share, and that is much better than the $49.09 that it was in Q1 of 2020. Now, 
The return on equity, 16.9%. That's significantly better than the 8.5% that they saw same time last year. And then return on tangible equity came out to 21.1%. And that's up from 9.7% year over year. So crazy numbers there. Now, if we go by segment by segment, you see that net revenues in the institutional security segment is $8.577 billion. That is much higher than the $5.178 billion. That's record revenues for their institutional security segment. They also delivered insane revenues for their wealth management segment, which turned out $5.959 billion in revenues. And that is much higher than the $4.056 billion that it reported same time last year. And then finally, rounding out all the revenues, they delivered very strong revenues in the investment management. They delivered $1.314 billion in revenues for investment management. And that is up from $692 million um, in, you know, same time 2020. So at the end of the day, they delivered record revenues, record net income. They not only delivered an increase in book value, not only a better return on equity, but what else did they deliver? Well, they repurchased $2.1 billion in shares, which I like to see. And not only that, but an ROTCE of 21.1%. And that is, you know, really not bad at all compared to where they previously were. So overall, Morgan Stanley delivering very solid numbers across the board. Now, Yes, they delivered record results, but why is the stock down today? Well, people don't seem to be liking the headline that everyone is pitching. And what is that headline? Well, of course, it's Archeos Capital. As we all know, a lot of banks were affected by the collapse of Archeos Capital. If you don't know what that is, it is a fund that collapsed just about, I believe, a few uh, days ago, last beginning of last week or the week prior, um, not too long ago at all. And this fund collapsed in essence, and all these banks were caught red-handed when it came to, they, they were holding all their shares and they had no idea what to do and not necessarily even shares. So what occurred was uh, Morgan Stanley said that it lost $644 million um, from a quote credit event in their report from a single prime brokerage client, which was Archeos Capital, as well as $267 million in related trading losses. Now, the client was Bill Wang's Archeos, and according to the person um, and the people with direct knowledge of what occurred, it seems that Morgan Stanley actually was one of the biggest um, prime brokers to Archeos, but they suffered, you know, not too bad of a loss compared to other banks um, that were involved and, in, you know, had smaller exposure. You know, Credit Suisse had $4.7 billion in losses in reference to Archeos. Um, but what got me was even though they suffered the $644 million loss from the Archeos collapse, uh, they still delivered record revenues and record numbers. Um, and at the end of the day, there was an issue. Now, he did say, the CEO, Gorman, he did say, according to CNBC, unquote, we liquidated some very large single stock positions through a series of block sales culminating on Sunday night, March 28th. That resulted in a net loss of $644 million, uh, in, which represents the amount the client owed us under the transactions that they failed to pay us. So overall, you know, this did happen a few weeks ago, but they never disclosed that they suffered this big of a loss. Um, some people, in fact, there were some articles implying that Morgan Stanley kind of got out unscathed. Turns out they suffered a $644 million loss. Um, but that's really in the grand scheme of things when it comes to Morgan Stanley, it's not huge. Um, it, you know, it is an issue and it definitely hurts, but 
They delivered record earnings. They continue to do well. And not only that, but the bank did say that they are working on um, many ways to make sure that this doesn't happen again. They said this is a one-off. And they also said that they are going through all of their clients and making sure this kind of thing does not happen again. So that's very good. Morgan Stanley, I like it. Record earnings, a negative headline during record earnings. I think this is an opportunity to buy Morgan Stanley. And let's not even get into the fact that its valuation is dumb low. Its price to earnings is 12.20 times and its forward price to earnings is even lower, sitting all the way down, you know, if you take a look at the forward price to earnings of all the banks, it's crazy. But the forward PE, yeah, of Morgan Stanley is 12.17 times. It's price to earnings is, you know, 12.19 times. The valuation is dumb low. They're delivering record revenues, and the banks simply aren't favored. And let's not even get into the fact that in all likelihood, the Fed is going to come out and they're going to say, okay, the banks can start repurchasing much more stock and they can supply a larger dividend. And if that occurs, then the banks are going to go nuts and it's going to be a very hot sector. And I expect that to happen sometime this year. A lot of other people are expecting that. Jim Cramer expecting that. So overall, that is an expectation. Sometime this year, the banks will be allowed to buy back even more shares and that is going to make the banks red hot. Now, Squarespace files to go public. I figured we'd touch on Squarespace. Now, if you take a look at Squarespace, and if you don't know what it is, you know, it's a website in which you build websites. Um, A lot of entrepreneurs use it. I use it. Squarespace. Um, Now, they delivered $621.1 million in revenues in 2020, and that's up 28% year over year. Um, They will go public under ticker sign SQSP, and they also said that they raised $300 million in funding last month. Now, Squarespace, they were founded in 2003, um, and now in 2020, they currently have over 1,250 employees, Um, so they're huge now. Um, They're doing very well. They're one of those digital um, plays, and I firmly believe that Squarespace just on the basis of everything going digital, they'll probably see a huge amount of business over the course of the next 10 years. Um, So it's definitely going to be an IPO to watch. I expect it to be another hot one whenever it does IPO. And SpaceX, we have to talk about SpaceX. Now, SpaceX is not yet publicly traded, but the only reason I'm talking about SpaceX is because Elon Musk has noted that SpaceX and or Starlink will go public here within the next few years, if not even this year. So, we should focus on it, getting prepared for a potential public debut sometime in the future. Now, Elon Musk, SpaceX beat out um, all the teams that were vying for this contract. NASA actually noted earlier that they were possibly going to give this contract to multiple people, but they decided to go all in on SpaceX with a contract worth $2.9 billion. Now, this is part of a program, the HLS program at NASA, the Artemis mission um, that was originally created under President Trump. And this basically plans to put astronauts back on the moon by 2024, which is awesome. So a big contract and a huge win for SpaceX. Um, If, you know, SpaceX goes public in the future, this is definitely going to be something people reference as a sign of strength in the company. Now, digging into the analyst calls, UBS reiterated its buy rating on Netflix. Um, I like Netflix. I think it's a long-term winner. It's one of those names in the streaming space. I think it's going to continue to be successful, even though I think Disney Plus is going to eventually become much bigger than Netflix. I think that um, Netflix definitely has a solid runway, along with Roku, which also got a upgrade and a reiteration of a pie rating over at Bank of America over there at Roku. So I like all of these upgrades here on Netflix and Roku. Um, I definitely do think both will be very successful in the future, but I think 
Disney is eventually going to take the cake in the streaming space. Now, Oppenheimer uh, named Microsoft a top pick. I like it. Microsoft is an excellent company. They recently received a huge military contract for their Halo lenses. And not only that, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, Microsoft is a big time player. They've had some recent acquisitions they are in talks to purchase Discord. So there's a lot of big stuff going on over at Netflix, and it will be interesting to see what happens. But I like Netflix for the long term. One of the best companies in the world. Now, UBS reiterated his buy rating on Disney, and that is exactly what I want to see. Disney is an excellent company. They have streaming, ESPN+, Plus, Hulu, Disney Plus, and then not only that, but they have the parks, they have the travel, they have the cruises, they have their entertainment, Them, they themselves creating huge movie franchises or purchasing the rights to create huge movie franchises such as Star Wars, such as all, all the Marvel content. I mean, huge franchises out there are owned by Disney, and I see a very bright future for Disney, and especially as the economy recovers and people start to travel even more. Now, RBC named Teladoc a favorite idea. I like Teladoc, and this stock has been down in the dumps. It had a pump all the way through earnings, so it ran way up in the earnings. It ran all the way up, yeah, all the way up to 294, and now it's 100 points plus below that, all the way back down to 190. I think this name is a buy. Teladoc is an awesome long-term hold. Telehealth is going to be awesome, okay? It's going to be a huge industry, Um, and when you really look at the runway for Teladoc, you see a lot of healthcare going digital. Digital healthcare is becoming a big thing, and we're starting to see it all over the place, and Teladoc is a huge player, and that is why I like Teladoc. Now, we have to get into this unfortunate Boeing news, but it's really not that bad, and I think I have an adverse opinion when it comes to this Boeing news. Now, I could be partially biased because it is a holding of mine, but at the same time, I you know I have seen this with a few other names. What the media likes to do, what people like to think. Um, so we're going to dig into it now. Boeing shares they just slipped not too much, about just over a percent. But why did they do that? Well, as you know, we talked about it last week. There was a headline that came across, and Boeing said, "Yeah, there's some electrical issues on some 737 Max jets that you should probably check out." They checked them out, and it seems after a few inspections that they found a few more electrical issues and that's pretty much the headline now while this headline isn't the most positive this is all i have to say it is very similar to me when boeing comes out and says hey you might want to check this out ground these aircrafts check them out before you fly again this is very similar eerily similar to say a gm or a ford saying hey there's an issue with this car or this truck you guys should probably recall these and we should fix them it's the same thing but you don't see cnbc nbc the mass media in mass panic because there's an issue with a ford f-150 a few thousand of them and that's my issue that's my issue with this whole thing is they blow up the negative news on boeing but when they deliver solid orders i mean 196 orders in the last quarter and 300 gross orders that's one of the best orders quarters they've had in a very long time since the beginning of this crisis boeing is on its way back on its way back. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to have issues. That doesn't mean they're going to have some negative headlines here. But my issue comes when they are completely blasphemous when it comes to Boeing in negative news. They amplify the negative news and then the positive news comes across and hardly anyone writes an article on it. Boeing is a winner and the fact that it's only down 1.1% today on this negative headline of some extra 
electrical issues on a few. On, it's I believe it's just over 90 aircraft, dozens of them. But in the big scheme of things, this is going to be resolved. It's not a long-term issue. It's a short-term issue. This is a buying opportunity. The fact that it's only down 1.15% on this news shows me there's a lot of strength in Boeing, and it makes me even more confident in the long-term. Management's done an excellent job of getting stuff back together. Throughout the crisis, they've learned to cut cost, and not only that, but they're making their aircraft safer, and I like Boeing for the long term. Now, Activision Blizzard, we're breaking it down. They're one of those video game plays, but we're going to talk about it because a lot of you have been asking. Now, Activision Blizzard, ticker sign ATVI, is a major digital interactive entertainment and gaming company, boasting millions of monthly users and franchises such as the Call of Duty, Overwatch, and World of Warcraft franchises. Now, Taking a look at just a few of Activision Blizzard's gaming franchises, the company owns the likes of Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Candy Crush, and much more. I mean, huge brands here in the video game space. And not only that, but they have over 400 million monthly users in 2020 MAUs. So I love to see it. Over 400 million monthly active users over at Activision in 2020. And their long-term goal is to eventually reach a billion MAUs. So I like the fact that they're already bullish. They have a long-term goal. They're like, we are going to get there. And they're making progress on that. I like to see a management team that is extremely bullish and setting big goals. That's always a good sign. Now, sifting through Activision Blizzard's stock price, according to Trefus at Trefus Data, 49.2% of Activision's price is based on the Activision segment itself. Furthermore, 24.4% is based on the King Digital segment, and 20.6% is based on the Blizzard segment, while 5.8% is based on cash. Now, of recent, Activision Blizzard has been mostly flat, moving just 7.71% to the upside over the last three months and 4.14% throughout 2021. And that leaves you and me, us common investors, wondering... Well, is Activision a buy? It hasn't done much. It's kind of just been consolidating. Is this a good buy for the long term? Well, digging into the numbers, Activision beat Q4 2020 expectations with an EPS of $1.21. And that is a lot better than the expectation of $1.18. So they beat expectations. Now, on a year-over-year basis, EPS was flat. In fact, it was down 1.63%. Now, that's not terrible, um, but it was flat. On the flip side, revenues, they delivered strong revenues. They delivered revenues of $2.413 billion, and that's a significant improvement over the $1.986 billion in the previous quarter of Q4 2019. So overall, solid numbers there. Now, it also beat their own guidance of $2.001 billion. So they beat their own guidance. They grew year over year. I like to see this. Now, breaking down revenues by segment, the product sales segment returned $866 million in sales. And that's a lot better than the $699 million in Q4 2019. And then rounding that out when it comes to net bookings, uh, the company reported strong net bookings of $3.05 billion for the quarter. And that's significantly above leadership's previous guidance of $2.73 billion. Now, if we shift into operating income, Activision Blizzard, they reported 595 or 594 million dollars in operating income. And that is up significantly from the same time 2019 level of $454 million. So, you know, yeah, EPS declined, but we're seeing increases in revenues by segment and bookings by segment and operating by segment. I like to see these increases across the board, and it's a very good sign the company is healthy. Now, while revenues and operating income continued to climb, net income unfortunately decreased to a weaker $508 million in Q4 from the same time 2019 level of $525 million. Now, 
Now, that is a negative. A net income decline, but an operating income increase and a revenues increase. So really, we're giving and taking here. There's negatives and positives, but there are more positives than negatives. Now, shifting into the full year, Activision rounded out full year 2020 with $8.086 billion in revenues. And that is big time up to the upside from the $6.489 billion they reported in FY 2019. So huge gains. They went from roughly $6.5 billion in revenues to $8.8 billion in revenues within a year. I like it. Operating income for the full year totaled $2.7 billion, and that is up from $1.6 billion in the previous quarter. So they also did very well for themselves there. So overall, the numbers very solid. Now, if we take a look at net income throughout full year 2020, and this is the final earnings note, um, they delivered $2.197 billion in net in net income, and that is up big time from the $1.503 billion that they reported in full year 2019. So overall, taking a look at earnings at a broad perspective, they did quite well. They weren't blowout numbers, but they were solid numbers, and that is what we want to see. Now, when it comes to guidance leadership, they're pretty much bullish. They have, you know, they're confident, but they're not setting blowout targets. Um, they basically are expecting Q1 2021 revenues to land around $2.015 billion, along with full year uh, 2021 revenues to land around $8.225 billion. So slight increases in revenues. We'll see what they do. Um, and overall, it seems just after looking at the previous guidance, that management does tend to guide a bit conservative. Um, so that is something to know. Now, if we shift into the balance sheet here, total debt, $3.6 billion dollars total liabilities eight billion dollars total assets 23 billion dollars and the cash to short-term investments level of 8.8 billion dollars so overall the balance sheet is very well balanced i like to see it now they do trade at a premium they trade at price to earnings around 34 times a price a forward price to earnings around 22 times a price to books around five times a price to sales around 9.3 times and a price to cash flow around 28 times but that is not terrible when you compare it to other competitors in the space and Activision is an extremely solid company with ownership of a huge amount of franchises that continue to grow at exponential rates. Now, um, return on equity, 15.79%. Return on assets, 10.23%. And return on invested capital, 11.9%. So overall, solid numbers there as well. Management's been effective. No negatives. I like to see it. Now, given all these numbers, what are the analysts thinking? They are extremely bullish. They like the numbers. They have a mean price target of $114.18 per share, and that's roughly an 18% upside from its current price point. Now, they have a high price target of 125 and a low of 100. So if it goes to the analyst highs, you're making it roughly just short of a 30% gain um, within the next 12 months. Not bad. Now, the big money, they're quite involved with this one as well. They're betting big. 88.46% of Activision is owned by institutions. Top holders include Vanguard Group, Fidelity Management and Research, and, of course, BlackRock Institutional Trust. If you want the technical breakdown of Activision, go to runningwiththemoney.com, and you'll get the full technical breakdown as well as the entire breakdown completely free under the analysis section. So, what are my thoughts on Activision? Well, in short, Activision Blizzard, remember, ticker sign ATVI, is a solid long-term investment with expanding revenues, a growing user base, and an industry that continues to explode. The video game industry continues to grow. There's a huge amount of video gamers already, and there's only going to be more in the future as digital entertainment becomes more and more common. And trust me, we haven't even gotten close to the peak of digital entertainment. It's only going to keep growing. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money podcast. We will be back on Monday to talk even 
even more individual names. In the meantime, read a book, learn more about the market, listen to our past episodes, go to runningwiththemoney.com and read the breakdowns on all these awesome individual names. But do your research before buying, people. Don't be buying out of FOMO and don't be buying out of fear. Buy the research, buy on your due diligence and you will make money in the market. Thank you for listening. This was another episode. See you then.